This a success off another breath. This the first step in searching to be nothing less than be the best in what you do to prove their strength in being you. Learn so much in chasing dreams that I never would in school. And kia ora whanau. It's Kieran Headley from The Pocket Coach Podcast, the place where we bring together mental health and performance through a focus of both neuroscience and spirituality. And we really bring those two together in a beautiful way. We either speak with doctors or specialists in their fields, or you have good old Keza having a yarn, and that's what we're doing today. Is good old Keza, oh, nearly lost my book, is having a yarn. <laughs> and here in New Zealand, we've just entered another COVID lockdown as of two days ago, um, you know, about 36 hours ago. And uh, there's been a lot of turmoil that's arisen from basically what I've uh, what I've seen, and I felt really called to firstly share uh, my own experiences with the lockdowns that have come, as well as uh, some very practical perspective shifts that can be uh, utilized that can really serve, and also as well some practical tools you can take away and start to utilize quite literally straight away and notice an instantaneous difference in your day, especially during a time of lockdown. Uh, But this is also going to apply to those that just in general are in a space of turmoil. So it's not just about lockdown itself. However, this is, of course, a chat about that specifically. Um, Although I guarantee you'll be able to take something away either way, whichever situation you're in. So firstly, I felt it was very important for me to touch on my own experiences uh, with lockdown. And I, I, I remember going into uh, my first lockdown. I was honestly not that phased, to be honest. Um, although thoughts, patterns came up where I was f- fearing this, I was feeling the sense of missing out on something. I was feeling the sense of what if I get lonely was starting to arise. So these are sort of old patterns that I used to really struggle with um, a while ago. And so I can imagine that sense of loneliness um, that... Uh, sense of I'm missing out on 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 things. Um, also, there was there were um, issues around my finances, so I was uh, fe- falling into fear around that. Uh, there were also as well uh, this. There was also as well this uh, sense of constrictedness uh, and the sense of well isolation. Of course, it's isolation, right? But isolation in general from the from the world because I was stuck in one place for a prolonged period of time. So there were all these factors going on for me. And I know that many listening can probably resonate with just this. And you'll have to excuse me as well because um, those listening on audio will have noises in the background coming by people and cars and things like that. I'm doing this in the middle of Arrowtown at the moment. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Arrowtown of all places, beautiful place. And I've got the sun beaming in my eyes. So I'm for, for the video people, I'm going to be squinting. <laughs> and so these these experiences are very common to arise. Now, it's really interesting because I remember going into one lockdown and I'll want, because we've obviously had various lockdowns here in New Zealand. Um, we've been lucky enough to get out of lockdown multiple times. Um, unfortunately for other countries, not so lucky. But I developed a um, romantic relationship with a fantastic woman Um uh, during the period of last year and uh, things didn't work out things didn't really align for us um, wasn't the right relationship for us but um, yeah at the time it was developing and um, I was 
anticipating the relationship, right? I was, ex- I was experiencing the growth in this relationship. So the moment that lockdown happened, she was in Wellington, I was here in Auckland. I felt a sense of anxiety arise for me uh, because I was in the middle of developing this relationship. I couldn't go to Wellington because I was stuck in Auckland because of the lockdown. So I was frustrated. And there was a fear of if there's this prolonged period of time, what if I lose her, right? So there was all these um, old fears that would arise. And I say old fears because they were um, due to old memories and old trauma and old heartbreaks that I've had that were just sort of bleeding in because now I had the space to think about them. So these sort of fears that will arise, these sort of anxieties that will come to the surface are going to be very natural and normal uh, during a time of lockdown because now we have the space to feel into those things and to actually see those things. No longer are the distractions there where uh, you can go to the club or you can go to the library or you can go to the cafe or you can work your ass off and you know distract yourself constantly until you hit Sunday and then all of a sudden um, your entire life comes crashing down again. Right? <laughs> That's the life that a lot of people live and it's very natural and very normal. Um, well, I don't like to use the word natural. It's not actually natural. <laughs> but it's normal in society today, I should say. So in saying that, Getting some good little music and some beats in the background. There we go. <laughs> Don't know if you guys can hear it, but uh, ultimately the reason why I wanted to touch on this is because uh, if you are experiencing any of these things, firstly, know that you're not alone. You're not the only person that's going to be going through this. I've got a lovely bee friend who's eating away, please don't sting me, um, at my jacket. And bees used to terrify me, but I'm quite... He's shaking his tail. Oh... It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, bees used to terrify me, and I'm going to do my best to focus and to concentrate on speaking to you guys and just hope that this bee doesn't sting me. And this is just a wee practice that I like to do when uh, insects start biting me, or, oh, there he goes, he flies off, or bees land on me, is rather than reacting, I practice coming to a place of internal response. Um, so bees, uh, heights, things like that have in the past terrified me. Um, the, um, the potential loss of a romantic partner to another person has always terrified me as well. These have been some of my biggest fears. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Yes. Bees of all things. Funny, right? Um, and what I do is I, in those sort of moments where I feel the terror arise within me, I practice finding calm within me. And what this does is it sends a signal to my brain indicating that I am actually in a safe space even though my brain perceives it not to be. Technically, I really am, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if a bee stings me, I'm not actually going to die. I'm not allergic to bees, luckily. If a romantic partner left me for, for another person, yes, it sucks, but I'm not going to die. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to live another day, and eventually I'll be, if I'm lucky enough, be able to build another relationship with another woman, right? At the end of the day, if um, my finances were to burn out completely, I'd find a way. I would find a way. I always have. I would find a way. So all these sort of impending doom fears that arise within my mind, um, even heights, right? Um, At the end of the day, I've been in so many situations with heights. I can bungee jumps um, when I'm climbing a mountain, walking on a clifftop. I've been fine. And um, And it's in the reaction to those things that create the suffering of what it is that the situation is. So in saying that, The same thing applies to lockdown. In lockdown, not only is there more space to think about all the things that are sort of deep down, firstly acknowledging they're always there, but now you can see them because you've got the space to. 
But secondly as well, lockdown itself can be a terror for many people because of that isolation factor from people and some people require um, people around them to feel a sense of comfort. And that's okay. But now's the time to challenge that. Now's the time to lean into that. Now's the time to build a sense of resilience and to grow it within yourself to find a sense of peace, calm, acceptance within the areas of life where you've previously reacted. Because it's the reaction itself that's the suffering, not the situation. I used to suffer flying every time turbulence occurred. I suffered it because I reacted to the turbulence and I freaked out. Over time, I developed an ability to find calm and peace, just as I do with the bees when it lands on me. Or with with the heights when I'm walking on the heights. Or when I'm in a relationship and jealousy arises again and I'm able to let it go. Because I choose to find a sense of calm and peace and acceptance within my system. Indicating to my brain that actually, you know what, it is safe. I don't have someone holding a knife to me right now. I don't have someone holding a gun to my head. I'm not about to die of starvation in two seconds, even though I might hear my belly rumble because I'm fasting. (laughs) I'm going to be okay. So every time I choose to relax and accept, that signal gets sent to my brain, I am safe. And the more that's repeated, the more frequently I do that, the more frequently I find that sense of acceptance within, um, sooner than later, eventually, and this takes frequency, this takes conditioning, because I've conditioned this over repetition to uh, become a reactive thing. Now I'm conditioning it over repetition to become more of a responsive thing. Eventually after repetition, after so much repetition, I come to a place where I'll organically and naturally respond with calmness rather than reactiveness. And this takes time, right? Just as Learning to juggle takes time. That's a conditioned practice. The same thing when it comes to an internal, intrinsic experience that I want to be the new reaction to a certain situation. It takes time to condition it by practicing it um, time and time again. So what I feel are important reframes to come to when it comes to this sort of thing is, firstly, people freak out about what it is that they cannot control. Firstly. You cannot control this lockdown. It doesn't matter if you go out on strike. It doesn't matter if you freak out. It doesn't matter if you cry. It doesn't matter if you have a panic attack. Unfortunately, that's the truth. And that's horrific to I know to say, but it is the truth. And it's important to acknowledge the truth because without acknowledgement of the truth, there's going to be constantly an inability to do anything about the situation at all. Because now what's happening is you're surrendering your power and you're not able to do anything about your current state. If you're doing, if you're going down this path of blame, if you're going down this path of fo- focusing on all the things that you cannot control, because it's true, you cannot control it. If the, if the plane is in turbulence, you can run up and down the aisle all you want, freaking out, yelling at the top of your lungs. <gasps> Nothing's going to happen. All that's going to happen is you're going to suffer. What can happen is, as I've mentioned, I've practiced to find calm within flight. I no longer experience fear and reaction during turbulence because now I've learned to accept that I cannot control the turbulence. And I've completely surrendered that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. Even if, you know, the worst came to worst, but I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I've surrendered that which I cannot control. What I can control is my state. What I can control is how I respond to the situation and how I respond to the internal turmoil that arises. That's what I can control. So 
Focus what it, on what it is you can control rather than what it is you cannot. Because that alone will firstly empower you to feel more in control within yourself. And it will come away from the concept of giving away this aspect of control and giving away this aspect of power by becoming more empowered because now you're focusing on what it is you can control and then you're doing something about it. That's the first reframe. And the second reframe is rather than what is this taking away from me, what is this giving me the opportunity for? Well, in lockdown, we have more space, we have more time. There's less travel time, so we can just get things done instantly. And then there's more space to work on a passion project or to explore social media more in a positive way where you might create content or you might learn a new skill or you might decide to get into home workouts or you might start running as I did in the last lockdown actually. (laughs) So there you go, right? Um, And now I'm a freaking um, in love with running, right? It's a a common thing for me. I love it. You might get more into meditation, into yoga and I got more into yoga in the last lockdown, right? So all these different things are possibilities now that you have that space. So what is it can you use this opportunity for? Now, three simple tools that I want to invite you to apply in order to bring more calm, peace, acceptance within yourself to come away from anxiety, come away from internal turmoil so you can find more joy within the space that in the past you found pain. So the first tool is a very commonly known one yet unfortunately a very unused one for a lot of people and that's the simple art of morning and evening routines. So this isn't to make things complicated. I don't want to make things complicated. So what I'm going to invite is I'm going to share a few things that are very practical things to do in the morning and why, and the evenings as as well and why. And what I want to invite is that you just pick um, three things to bring into your morning and one thing to bring into your evening. And that's it, right? Two or three things actually for your morning and one thing in the evening. And that's it. Just start with that. And just pick whatever you feel intuitively is going to serve you. Ideally, pick one thing that's very challenging, one thing that you really enjoy, and then just find you know intuitively what comes up um, for anything else. Um, but the reason why I say do one thing that's challenging, because if you can overcome a challenging thing first thing in the morning where you feel resistance, you instantly gain a sense of internal control from the get-go. You feel empowered, you feel in control, and you feel a sense of integrity. With that integrity, you feel more courageous, so therefore you're more likely to take risks that you previously would have run away from during your day because of that integrity and that courage that you've got in your hand. So so randomly, the mixer that I'm using uh, to record this podcast just died. So here we go. We're jumping back in. <laughs> and uh, ultimately, the morning routine pieces that I'm getting to, all right, these are some simple things that I use that I'll explain as to why I use them and that you can utilize that can very well serve and you can use some great things in the evening as well. The first thing is cold showers in the morning, warm showers in the evening. A few reasons, one is thermogenesis, right? When I utilize cold water in the morning, uh, my body naturally wants to warm up in order to counteract the cold, which is good because that induces wakefulness. Um, it helps epinephrine, norepinephrine flow through my system, which is good. Okay, adrenaline through my system. Um, and in general, in the mo- having that in the morning is actually really beneficial 
uh, because that's going to induce for overall um, for general stress hormones like cortisol to come down earlier in the evenings, which helps to induce a deeper sleep, a more restful sleep. So that's a beautiful thing. Warm showers in the evening also help to cool the body temperature down, which is what we want. We want the body temperature to come down as we're going into sleep. Um, it helps induce a deeper sleep too. So warm showers in the evening, cold showers in the morning. Uh, cold showers in the morning also as well are difficult. All right, I sometimes jump in, jump in the lake here in Queenstown. I get some of the negatives here and I do it anyway. It's great. <laughs> and this is a fantastic challenge for your integrity because it takes a strong level of courage and integrity to do it anyway, even when you don't have to. So you instantly seize control of your system from the get-go. That is a superpower. So in saying that, right, I would like to invite that if you haven't done cold showers, start with 30 seconds then work to one minute, then work to a minute and a half, then by day four you're at two minutes, you'll be doing fantastic, right? Make it, make that two minute mark a minimum once you reach there, that you'll do a minimum of two minutes each morning uh, of cold. This will massively not just benefit your health, it will benefit your mind as well because you'll be in control, not your mind. The second thing I love is breath work. So I do Wim Hof generally most mornings. Uh, I find that it not just induces more clarity, it also helps me feel more centered and uh, more in control of self. Right? So it's a very intense breathwork style. You can just search Wim Hof. Initially, if you've never done it, you might feel lightheaded. That's normal. A bit buzzy. That's normal. Right? And then in time, you'll find that you just feel clearer. After your first experience with Wim Hof, just, just start with maybe two rounds to start with. And you can build up to three. I do two or three each morning. Most mornings. And what this will enable is... You'll find you'll feel more clear after. And you'll feel slightly different after as well. If you are um, if you have panic attacks most days, I probably wouldn't recommend Wim Hof specifically. I'd recommend a different breathwork style. We can talk about it in another podcast. But um, yeah, that's definitely a fantastic way to recenter yourself from the get-go. The third thing that I love to use is meditation. Choosing to sit, even when the mind wants to wants you to eat even when the mind wants you to check your phone wants you to read your emails wants you to uh, go see your wife or your children or your husband even when your mind wants you to get up and start your day you choose anyway to sit there in meditation that my friends is the ultimate superpower that is the ultimate sense of self-control because now you are in control of the impulses of your mind rather than the impulses of your mind controlling you. That is a big difference. And here comes the bee again. Yeah, I'm just going to accept and let him fly around my woolly. Here's a look. Okay, no, there he goes. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, man. I love the internal turmoil that instantly arises. Everything starts to tense, and then I choose to relax it anyway. I love that. And it's the same with meditation, right? As thoughts come, as feelings come, choosing to relax anyway and maintain a sense of centeredness. Now, this is what meditation is not. It is not chasing internal peace. It is not chasing clarity. It is not chasing thoughtlessness. It is not chasing uh, enlightenment. It's not chasing any of that stuff. That's not meditation. Meditation is internal awareness, internal acceptance. Meditation is a state that we come to. Meditation is not the practice of mindlessness, is not the practice of mindfulness. It's not, it's not that. Meditation is a state. 
And that's a state that we that is a state that we practice, just like juggling balls or just like um, you know learning how to backflip, right? You can just get up and backflip, right? <laughs> I mean, if you do, then frick, you can teach me, okay? <laughs> um, but it's a practice by sitting there, firstly for two minutes, then build it to three. Oh, so we're back at it again because my phone decided to fall off the chair that it was sitting on, and it was okay because it felt the right way. It didn't feel the fall onto the concrete, so we're good. Um, but essentially, meditation is the practice of coming to that place of internal acceptance. So that means that no matter what the mind does, no matter how chaotic the mind is, no matter how crazy the emotions are, it's not quieting things. It's not suppressing things. It's learning to allow them as they are, be as they are, whilst you maintain that centeredness and acceptance of them as they are, your thoughts as they are, the emotions as they are, your state as it is and the situations around you as they are. That is meditation, my friends. Because if you can come to that place, what you're quite literally teaching and conditioning your brain to do is to find a sense of internal... Ooh, that was a very deep grumble from a brain. You're finding a sense of internal acceptance, internal control over your state no matter the situation. That is a massive superpower. If you can build that first thing in your morning, you're building the sense of self-control because you're the one in control, not your mind. Your mind might think it's in control, but you're choosing to be in control and you're choosing to sit here with whatever your mind does. You, my friend, is building the greatest sense of um, integrity that is possible um, because the most difficult things that arise within any human is their own thought is their own emotions. The situations that occur only trigger these thoughts and emotions. It's not the situations that are the problem, it's the thoughts and emotions that arise as a reaction to the things that occur around us. Because trust me, if all these situations that you're reacting to currently, if you had no thoughts and you had no emotions, there'd be nothing to use to freak out at the situation so if you can learn to come to a place of peace with your thoughts and peace with your emotions, no matter what they do, that is going to be a state of it, true internal peace that you've been able to cultivate through this practice of meditation. Eventually, you want to get to a place where you're doing like a minimum of 10 minutes, a minimum of 20 minutes each morning. Okay, I do a minimum of 20 no matter what every morning. And I also as well uh, do um, ensure that I reach a minimum of an entire hour each day as well um, in total. Uh, sometimes I'll do a whole hour where I just sit there for a whole hour and, and not, don't move a single muscle. It's an ultimate uh, test of self-integrity and self-control. So meditation is a fantastic tool. The other thing that's a great tool is uh, stretching, yoga right in your morning, activating your body by doing some push-ups or sit-ups. I used to do 50 push-ups, 50 sit-ups every morning, no negotiable. Then I'll do my shower, then I'll do my meditation, my breath work. I'll do my visualization, I'll do my gratitude. These are all great things to do. Now, if you're doing gratitude, which is a fantastic practice, I do it every morning and evening. Uh, it's coming to a place of thankfulness. If you're trying to force gratitude, you're probably not going to feel it. However, if you come to a place where you simply put your hands together and you say to yourself, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, and you are really speaking that to the things that you have in your life. That will induce a greater sense of gratitude and appreciation than simply doing a gratitude practice. 
because the word thank you is something that's a common dialogue in human language. The word thank you as well is an expression that's commonly utilized, so therefore it's usually felt more. Gratitude isn't usually something that is expressed as often in um, human conversation. Thank you is. So that's why it's because it's something that's more easily related to. It's great to use instead of just what am I grateful for. So that's a great shift you can use. Um, finding three things that you're thankful for in the morning and the evenings can be useful. If you wish to restructure a gratitude practice instead of using I am grateful, I could be grateful for X. I could be grateful for Y. I could be grateful for the birds in the background. I could be grateful for the mountains in my view. I could be grateful for the sun on my face. And it's giving me a nice arrow town or Queenstown tan where I get my hands and my face tan and that's the only thing. <laughs> that's tan. And the could bypasses egoic barriers our mind puts up that prevents us from coming to a place of appreciation because we feel we do not deserve it. So it bypasses that. So that's why the word could is fantastic and thank you is fantastic as well because it bypasses those things. So those are some great practices you can incorporate. Right? Remember, just pick two or three in your morning, one thing that challenges you, one thing you love, and just pick a, you know, a tertiary thing that you can just add in there. And then um, a minimum of one thing in your evenings that you want to utilize uh, as a non-negotiable. And when these are non-negotiables and you follow through with them anyway, you will feel this great sense of self-control. It's beautiful. And uh, now is better than ever. You'll feel a greater resistance than ever because you're like, wow, I don't need to. I don't need to face society. <laughs> Why do I need to do this morning practice and evening practice? Well, I guarantee that if you can do it during lockdown, you will make sure that you do it when you're outside of lockdown. Now is a better time than ever to start. You have the time. So even if you're not on lockdown, you can make these things very simple. They don't need to be, um, you know, you don't need to do an hour meditation. You can do quite literally a Instead of doing a warm shower, you're doing a cold shower. You're not taking any time out of your day. Instead of um, going on your phone first thing in the morning, you're doing your gratitude practice. There's a substitute there. Instead of um, you know getting up at 6.30 a.m., you're getting up at 6.25, so you can do that five minutes of meditation. Five minutes loss of sleep, but you're not going to notice it. Trust me. You, it's going to feel like it, but that's just a psychological thing that's in your mind. That's not the truth. Five minutes of, of less sleep is literally not going to be, um, um, take anything away from you um, experientially or chemically. You're going to be fine. And choosing to meditate. Or maybe um, if you don't really do not have enough time for that, which I guarantee that if you don't have time to meditate, then you should probably meditate twice. <laughs> a quote from Deepak Chopra. It's a great quote. <laughs> um, because the, the one that feels they do not have time is the one that is so busy in their mind that they make themselves so busy physically so that they do not have time because they're the ones that do not want to have time to think. They do not want to have time for space because that's when thoughts become intrusive and emotions become intrusive because they cannot contain them or they don't feel a sense of self-control. I used to be one of these people. What I invite for those people is to, no matter what, make time to meditate. Learn to meditate on the net. Hey, Bruno. Hey, Bruno. Uh, we've got a little um, dog here in Arrowtown called Bruno. We don't even know what breed he is, really. Um, it, to me, he looks a bit like a hyena or a barley dog. <laughs> hey, Bruno. Beautiful dog. Now, that's the art of the morning and the evening routines. Now, a great practice you can utilize, very simple. It, um, it's a very ancient practice, been around for thousands of years, and is a very great practice to bring a sense of space between your mind 
and you and your body and you. And we'll get to that whole concept in another time in terms of what, what I mean by that. But ultimately, this concept of when thoughts arise, finding out that you are not the thoughts. When emotions arise, finding out that you are not the emotions. Because the you is the constant, the you is the observer. For what you observe cannot be you. For what you experience cannot be you because you are the one experiencing. You are the one observing. So you are the one that's observing the thoughts. You are the one that's experiencing the emotions. So when those arise, I mean, it's it's like um, if you were a water droplet, right? And you're in the river. You are the river. <laughs> but if you're standing outside of the river and you're watching it go by, you're clearly not the river because you're observing the thing that's going by. So that which you can observe that's changing, that which you can observe is moving or shifting, that is which you're not. You are that which is constant. You are that which is not changing. So you are that which is observing the change. Okay, so if you're on the side of the river observing the river move, you're clearly not the river. If you're in the river, in other words, you're the water droplet that's a part of the river and it's moving with and you're moving with the river, you're clearly the river. <laughs> you see. So when you can see the sadness change into joy, change into anxiety. If you can see a single thought change into multiple thoughts, change into the next thought, you're clearly not that. You're clearly observing that which is changing. At the end of the day, you've accumulated this body through the food you've eaten. If you ate no food when you were growing up, you'd never have grown. If you um, include no impressions or experiences through your life, you'd have no thoughts, right? Or you'd have no capability of the amount of thoughts that you have. You didn't have these thoughts in the past. So that which you've accumulated cannot be you either. If I take my diary... And I'm holding it and I say it's my diary. That's fine. But ultimately, if I just start saying that this diary is me, you'd think I've gone freaking crazy. <laughs> so the point that I'm getting at is that which I've accumulated cannot be me. So when I eat the food and that food becomes my flesh and bone and, my, and the cells of my body, I cannot be the cells of my body. I cannot be the food that I've accumulated because at the end of the day, I've just eaten it. I've picked it up and put it into my mouth. And it's transformed into flesh. That's not me. However, I am. it is my body, right? So it's mine, but it's not me. There's a big difference. I'm observing the change in my body. I'm observing the experiences in my body. So that, yes, is a perspective that you can, you know, reject if you wish. And that's up to you. But at the end of the day, this noting technique is going to benefit you in the sense that when thoughts arise, simply go, oh, that's thinking. When emotions arise, simply go, oh. That's feeling. And what this does is, firstly, it does create that sense of space between you and the thoughts, you and the emotions. It also, as well, brings them off a pedestal. And you start to see them as less intense or less serious or severe as they were in the past when you just simply categorize them as thoughts or emotions rather than this thought or sadness or anxiety, right? It's now just an emotion. You see the difference? So just very lightly... Acknowledging, oh, that's thinking. Oh, that's feeling. And doing that often whenever intense thoughts or emotions arise within you. And practicing that technique is a beautiful practice to use during this time that you have and going forward. The third and final thing that I'd like to invite that you practice is presence. Noticing the feeling of the sun, the feeling of the wind, the feeling of the rain. Noticing the sounds of the birds, the sounds of the planes, the sounds of the dogs, the people. Noticing the scent of the fresh air 
or even the toxic air, noticing the change in smells that flow, noticing the smell of coffee or tea or whatever it is you have in front of you. Even tasting in your mouth what's there. Did you just have some food? You might have had you might have had the tinge of taste of coffee that's still there from this morning. You might even just have the taste of you know the morning bitterness that comes from when you wake up. Noticing the taste. Noticing what it is you see. Looking around you and not just looking, but seeing the detail of everything. Noticing everything in high definition. Seeing details you didn't see before. And as you do this, take a few deep breaths. Really see all the detail. If you're driving, noticing the detail of the trees, of the buildings, of the people. Noticing details you didn't see before. The colors that you didn't see before. This, my friends, is presence. Practicing this more frequently throughout the day will help you come away from the mind. Not suppress the mind, it's a big difference. But come away from it. And in doing so, you lessen the intensity, the severity, um, and the seriousness of the mind. And you come to a place of greater lightness, or lightness, a greater, um, greater sense of freedom as well from the chaos that can exist within. So, those are some great things you can do. At the end of the day, um, it's very okay be feeling down. It's very okay to be feeling anxious or depressed. It's very okay to, it really is, it's, it's an experience I'm very all too familiar with. <laughs> I used to suffer tremendously from anxiety and depression and I and that's why I do this podcast is because I want to share my experiences and I share, want to share the things that have served me and helping me to come away from those experiences within myself that I've previously suffered. So um, it's my wish and my blessing that you can find all the peace and the happiness that you have available to you. You deserve it. You absolutely do. And if you're already listening to this podcast and you're already taking the first step towards your um, to build, building yourself up because you're doing something for yourself by consuming content that will serve. So if you found this helpful, you found this beneficial, uh, please do uh, share it. It really helps us to reach people that need it. Um, whether it's you know through an Instagram story or whether it's um, by leaving a review or leaving a rating, this all this all this stuff helps us to expand the reach of this podcast. Um, yeah, do subscribe. Um, we're going to have fantastic content coming. Um, stay tuned for that. And oh, what else? Oh, yeah. If you, um, uh, I also have a fantastic coaching opportunity coming up. So if you feel you'd like to work with me, you feel aligned with the message that I'm sharing, and you feel aligned with um, the. Uh, the, um, the practices and the perspectives that I'm um, sharing, that I'm sharing, then uh, head to my website. Right, all those details are in the show notes of this podcast. Um, it's healingwithkids.com. You can find all the details there. Lots of love, guys. If you feel called to and you feel the need for support, just reach out. I'm always here. I love you guys. Take care of yourself. That's why I do this for you.